everyone, and welcome to another episode of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening. I know many of you have been following the show from the very beginning, and I want to thank you for your support. And if it's your first time tuning in, welcome, and thanks for checking us out. Okay, let's get on with the show. My guest today grew up around creative arts and performance. She frequently travels throughout the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Buenos Aires to teach, and she has worked incredibly hard to build up tango communities in Boston and Western Massachusetts. She has studied with a number of world-famous tango instructors and is also a well-known DJ. She has participated in and helped organize numerous festivals and marathons, including regular tango tours to Buenos Aires. And with me now is Veronica Kruta. Veronica, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Yeah. Okay, just to get right into things, Veronica, uh, how did you fall in love with tango all those years ago? <laughs> I guess I fell in love with tango from the very first second, but mainly I think it was because at the time that I started uh, dancing tango, electronic tango music was very popular, and I was very attracted to that music, so I didn't even know tango could be so cool. Of course, now we're kind of out of that phase of electronic tango, but you know, back then I thought it was pretty awesome. Nice, nice. So I know you come from a very creative background. You kind of grew up in a very artistic environment. So did the dance come easily to you? Um, I would say it came easily to me. Not, not Maybe a little bit because I have done dance like for all my life mm. of some sort. But probably it, it came easier to me because I had I started when I was 16. And mm. I guess I had very little inhibitions about it. <laughs> so I was not concerned about making mistakes. I was just having fun and it was really easy to learn when I was not really concerned with the outcome and I wasn't really self-conscious. In fact, I'd say I was pretty oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I would go out to Milongas and yeah, just be like, yeah, let's dance. Woohoo. You know, no fear. <laughs> nice. What was your very first tango lesson like? Well, it was uh, it was in Northampton, Massachusetts mm -hmm. with Daniel Trenner. Mm. And he has a very, I would say, very different approach than most teachers do. Um, he, he has everybody in the class lead and follow. And he basically introduces you to uh, what he calls basic grammar. So you learn ochos, you learn hitos, pretty much all in the first class. Mm -hmm. And not that you're doing it well, necessarily but you're kind of getting a, an idea of where the steps might go once they once they get put together and um yeah we i think we probably even saw the you know the walked across in the first class as well mm. he just kind of like puts in a you know a sketch and then as the class continues you know we refine the details so i would say i had a very different experience than what most people get which what i'm told is they kind of start off by walking and maybe doing a couple rock steps. <laughs> right, right. But I guess that's it's a good thing because I guess that, that kind of contributed to me not having fear about it either, you know, just get mm -hmm. going and start moving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. I like I like that approach. I've been trying to get Daniel on the show. Hopefully he'll be able to do that at some point. Yeah. 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 So eventually you started teaching. Can you describe that journey? Yeah, no, mostly I think it was just one of those cases where you're so obsessed with something, you just want everybody around you to do it. Mm -hmm. So you just start sharing and um, you're excited. And so that was really kind of how I got into it, assisting some people in different classes and then starting my own. Nice. But yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Great. great. 
So what was your very first dance like at a Malanga? I know you said you were very uninhibited with the dance, which is which is awesome. So do you remember uh, where it took place, what uh, what it was like? Yes, I remember it very well because mm -hmm. for about three months of taking classes, I had no idea there was such thing as a Milonga. Oh. So yeah, I don't know how I missed that, but I just did class. You know, that's that's it. That's where tango lives. So when I found out there was such thing as a milonga, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I got dressed to the nines. Uh, it was like I was going to prom or something <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, and I just went there and I was you know, like I said completely oblivious and fearless just woohoo dance with me and yeah. you know with no idea what kind of horror I must have unleashed on the dance floor <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah, it's awesome. You but I had a right lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You jumped right into things. So, yeah, so I want to shift gears a little bit to turning points in our learning. So, what's some really good or some memorable advice you've gotten from some of your own teachers? I know you mentioned uh, Daniel Trenner's approach, which which helped influence you. And uh, was there any later on as you started getting more and more into tango? Um, is there anything else that you uh, that you picked up? Um, oh my God, thousands of things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I think I've taken thousands of classes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it changes. So mm -hmm. I guess lately in the probably the last two years, I've been really focused on um, the hips and the position of the hips mm -hmm. and how them, the hips being in the center of your body, how it can connect your upper body and your lower body. Mm -hmm. So how it kind of makes everything function a little better, how it helps to control your balance, your free leg, and uh, just putting the hips in the right place helps you with your, your spine being in the right place so that mm -hmm. the torsion's working and um, your arms relaxing and just everything seems to come together. Like the more I study mm -hmm. what exactly um, should be happening in the hips, the more I feel like I'm getting to the root of all problems in tango. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> Yeah. So again, it was, again, it's, uh, it's great that you were very uninhibited going on the floor, but I'm sure a lot of the students that you work with, um, you know, they're a little bit more timid about going to Malangas, but I know that's, that's such an important part of our tango development. So what advice would you have for people, especially for, for those who are just starting to get addicted to tango, you know, when they may, may be a little apprehensive about getting out to dance socially, what are, what are some things that you like to tell them to help build up their confidence? Yeah, I guess um, that was definitely a shock to me since that was not my experience at all. It was a shock to me um, mm -hmm. how most people actually are extremely inhibited. It was a really nice learning experience for me to figure out what, what it was they were going through and mm -hmm. what it was, you know. So I would say allow yourself to make mistakes, um, mm -hmm. like give yourself permission and just know that you're going to be bad for a while before you can be good. That's just the process of it. It's mm -hmm. the process of any time, anything you want to learn. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, I think if you have a really good attitude and uh, you're a friendly person and you're, you, you come off as somebody that, that, you know, people want to be around. Mm -hmm. I think that people in the community are, are very receptive to that. And they, they are excited to have a new potential dance partner who is also an interesting cool person that they want to be around. So mm -hmm. just, I, I would say like, try to have fun and relax and don't worry too much about the dancing because that will come, it, it will inevitably come. Yeah, yeah. So kind of going on with, a, a kind of moving on to a community and community building. Uh, so what are some good ways, Veronica, in your opinion, for advanced students to help beginners? 
Mm. I think that advanced students are probably going to encounter the beginners at the milonga. Mm -hmm. And so rather than in a class. So I think just, again, being welcoming, being a nice person. Nobody says you have to dance with the beginner um, if you don't want to. I mean, it's perfectly reasonable and understandable if you don't want to. Mm But just, you know, invite them to be a part of the social circle, because I think that most people who are entering into tango, they're not just looking to learn a new dance, they're, mm-hmm. they're looking for a new social environment. The thing that I think that really makes beginners stick around and, and improve their dance to a point where they can be enjoyable dance partners mm-hmm. is if they feel welcome and accepted and they feel like it's their circle. So I think more than anything else, advanced students could, you know, invite them to be a part of that social circle. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, just on another on another note, and this is, I mean, just no magic bullet for, for the next uh, topic I can bring up, but that's of recruitment and recruiting people into uh, the tango community. Um, what are your thoughts on, on that? I know that's something that a lot of organizers uh, uh, have a challenging time with. Yeah, um, it's definitely very hard, and I think it's how tango is marketed. You know, when I started dancing tango, there was this craze of, of Nuevo Tango and the electronic music. Mm-hmm. That was, for a lot of us in that, in that generation, I think a very good selling point because it became this thing that um, became cool to do mm-hmm. rather than like us thinking about, oh, only old people do that or only people who are like ballroom dancers do that and I don't want to be in a stuffy ballroom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and... I think that's really important. Uh, Even just little things like, you know, lately I've been trying to make these videos of just dancing in the street in like your regular casual clothing in sneakers. And, Mm -hmm. or I did a, uh, recently I did a video in, in Mere Woods, which is like a national park. So the idea is just to kind of get, get it out of the context of the ballroom Mm -hmm. and to make it something that is accessible to everyday people. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. people who are not necessarily looking for that glamorous, uh, I have to get dressed up and uh, go out to Dancing with the Stars kind of a thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of bringing it it out of the stuffy ballroom, as it were. That's great. Yeah, one time I got locked out of my studio and had to do a dance class in the parking lot. That was... That was kind of fun. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> it worked out. It worked out just right. It's like, well, this this did start off as a street dance, so why not, right? Yeah, <laughs> why not? That's why not? great. <laughs> yeah. So, Veronica, you've traveled to so many different places to teach, to dance, to perform. So, in your opinion, what is it about tango that attracts people from so many different cultures and, and professional backgrounds? I would say that a big part of it is the complexity mm. and. People who are intrigued by complexity end up sticking with it Mm -hmm. because it's, I mean, there's many dance forms you could be involved with, but tango can go so deep if you let it. And I think because it is kind of like this black hole, you just get sucked in and you can keep going deeper and deeper into it Mm -hmm. without even realizing how you got there. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, And also I think it's that I mean, maybe other dance forms do this as well, but mm-hmm. I, I think especially in that first year, we, we experience, you know, these sort of dance highs and that's kind of where we, we start getting addicted and then we're kind of searching for a higher high. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice, nice. Okay, so Veronica, what have you learned from your own students over the years? Oh my goodness, so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> 
Well, I think one thing I find really fascinating is how um, everyone receives information differently. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I have definitely changed over time is uh, the language I use mm-hmm. um, to teach and, and to, to tell people what it is that I'm trying to um, teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everybody has a d- totally different approach. And, you know, you have to kind of learn each individual person's learning style and speed also at which they can learn. Mm-hmm. Some people can, are just like a sponge and they can take in information and it goes straight into their bodies. And with other students, uh, they need a little more time to digest. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to kind of pace your your teaching has certainly been a big lesson for me. And then of course, in group classes, mm-hmm. learning how to manage students with different levels so that everybody feels like they're learning something and getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess also a big thing is just learning about how the progression works for beginners through, you know, a more advanced level. What what kind of information are they able to receive in that moment of their learning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at the moment, Veronica, you are in Buenos Aires and you've been there a number of times. You actually do a, a tango tour for uh, with your with your students so can you explain uh, how you got into that and, and tell us a little bit more about about the tango tours yeah well so i've been to buenos aires so many times and i've every time i come back to the u.s it's interesting that you know i want to share my experience but mm-hmm. i know it's really not the same thing to just tell people about it and at the same time i have all the time I have people writing me saying, hey, I'm going to Buenos Aires, uh, who do I study with? Where where do I go dancing? Uh, <laughs> where do I even begin? Is it okay that I don't speak Spanish? And just a million questions, and I have spent hours and hours <laughs> answering people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I realized, okay, well, I think that people could really benefit from this sort of t- organized tour, you know, and it's not necessarily for everyone, but I think for people who don't want to deal with organizing all these things, you know, have no idea where to begin mm-hmm. um, and only have a week or t- two weeks to take a vacation, it sort of seemed like the perfect way for me to curate, in a way, their experience mm-hmm. and help help people to get the most of their time in Buenos Aires mm-hmm. because I know how, how difficult it is to get dances here or to, you know, get for, for people to even know who you are and mm-hmm. it takes it takes time and to know which milongas you go to. I've heard so many times from people, oh, I went to Buenos Aires and I had an awful experience, you oh. know, and that's such a shame. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so I did my first tour last year and most of the people on that tour were my students and mm-hmm. which was really, really nice because I got to... Um, I hired uh, mostly people who have been my teachers to mm. teach seminars for them. Nice. Um, so it's really nice for them to, you know, learn from from the source. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and because I knew them and I knew their preferences, um, it was it was really nice to curate for them, sort of like which milongas we would go to. And mm-hmm. you know, I have a great Spanish teacher here, so we organized a little Spanish lesson. Uh. And yeah, we had these assistant dancers, which made it really fun. Uh, yeah, there was just so many wonderful things that uh, we got to do in that short amount of time together that it was just a very rewarding experience, I think, for everyone, including myself. So, so this year I'm going to try it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds exciting. Yeah. So, well, what was your first time in Buenos Aires like? The first time I came here, I thought it would be my only time. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought, um, again, oblivious. I planned to come here for five months, and mm -hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, five months, I'll be a pro. I'll come back to the U.S., and, you know, everyone will want to take classes with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, I get here, and I realize, oh, my God, I'm going to need so much more than five months. So mm -hmm. it was so interesting that those first five months, I mean, I loaded up on classes to the point where, I was probably not even present whenever I was dancing because I was thinking about all these different things happening in my body mm. and um, just, you know, total body confusion for mm. the entire five months. Wow. And it definitely took a good six months after being home before I started to feel like, okay, I'm my body's starting to grasp some of these things that um, mm -hmm. I've been trying to learn. But also, like, learning Spanish was also an incredible experience and one of the reasons I decided to come back after that first trip was because I felt I wasn't wasn't done learning Spanish and mm -hmm. I, I needed to feel like it was really natural for me to speak it so okay yeah yeah five months and crammed in a lot during that time that's amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah oh my god I did the whole uh stay out till 6 a.m every night like right. oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so Veronica, a lot of people who might be listening are thinking of going to Buenos Aires for the first time. So what advice would you have to help prepare them? Yeah, I mean, I would say go for as long as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, try different milongas and see which one, which ones fit, um, mm -hmm. which ones are for you. Mm -hmm. You don't need to take a class every day. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good to take classes, and there's lots, lots of great teachers to choose from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't, you definitely don't need to do so much like I did. That was a little insane, but um, <laughs> I would say also just you know go to the milonga with a good attitude and little mm -hmm. expectations. The more people see that you're having fun, the more eager they are to invite you to dance. You know, if you get to the milonga and you're you're all frustrated because everybody in your home community dances with you and and here nobody's noticing you mm -hmm. it, it's only going to make you less noticeable mm -hmm. if you're not having a good time so just go have a glass of wine watch the dancing i learned a lot from watching so i definitely recommend watching mm -hmm. if you're if you feel like you're not getting dances but there are plenty of places where you can you can dance a bunch so yeah yeah, yeah. okay great all right so veronica <laughs> how do you keep challenging yourself Mm. <laughs> Good question. Well, I definitely, I love to still take classes. Mm -hmm. I love to take classes with new people, people that I have uh, never taken a class with before, mm -hmm. as well as I, I do like to continue, like I like to study for a long time with the same instructor so I can go really deep into their method of thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and dancing and and I'm much more specific now about what I want from each teacher so for somebody I might say okay I want to learn from you about you know uh, musicality or from you I really want to learn about the hips <laughs> mm -hmm. or um, you know I have I see something in their dance that I really want to understand so mm -hmm. definitely I never stop studying I like to go to new places new milongas put myself in new environments and then teaching always challenges me so mm -hmm. I do that for the challenge as well. Nice, nice. Yeah, so with this dance, as you know, there's always something new to learn. So even though you've had so much experience, Veronica, is there something new that you've learned recently within the last uh, few years or months? Well, I would say that the last, like I said, I, the hips have been a huge mm -hmm, thing for yeah. me the last like two years. But I guess thinking about 
making my movement come from lower and lower and lower in the body. Okay. So I feel like, you know, when we first start dancing, we're kind of very much in our arms. Yeah. And so the dance kind of lives up there. Mm-hmm. And slowly you might start to get, like be aware of, I don't know, your rib cage. So then your dance starts to live in the ribs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it, it just kind of like progresses downward. And so... I guess my dance has got, gotten closer to the floor. Uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of where I am mostly right now in terms of what I've been thinking about bringing the dance down lower. <laughs> okay. Yeah, great, great. Yeah. yeah, so I know you have the tango tours going on, but are there any future projects that you're working on? I am working on a, a very special project with a couple of other people. It is a, it's going to be a big event in Barcelona next August. Ooh. So uh, we're, we haven't announced it yet, so I'm not going to say too okay. much about it. But I will say that it, it does involve tango, but also all of the things we do surrounding tango to understand our bodies, um, such as yoga and Pilates and mm. gyrokinesis and all of the things that we kind of uh, use as tools to uh, help us gain understanding mm-hmm. of our bodies um, for tango. So... It's going to be something along those lines. I'm not going to say too much more about sure, it just yet. Sure, okay, <laughs> Barcelona, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Wait, so where are you based right now? I know you helped build up the community in Boston and Massachusetts for a while. Are you now on the West Coast? Yeah, so I moved to San Francisco okay. in May. So, okay. yep, I'm, in, I'm there right now, yep. Okay, wow. Yeah, hard person to keep up with. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, Veronica, it's been a lot of fun. So where do we find out more about you online? Uh, So I have a website. It's Mm -hmm. www.vktango.com. And you can uh, email me also. You can call me or WhatsApp me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can't call me right now because I'm in Buenos Aires, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can WhatsApp me right now. Okay. Um, but all that information is on the website. And so is all the information about my tours and whatever upcoming events or classes I'm going to have. Okay, sounds good. So right now, are you on your tour right now or are you there for, for other other Tango-related nope. projects? Yeah, I'm here for other Tango-related projects. Okay, <laughs> exciting. Okay, yeah. well, I, I know you're really busy, Veronica, but thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me for a little bit. Uh, it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me to be on the show. Yeah, all right. And I'll have your uh, website in the show notes so people will be able to look that up and learn more about you. Wonderful, thank yeah. you so much. Okay, thanks a lot, Veronica. We'll stay in touch and I'll let you yep. know when everything's uploaded. And uh, yeah, hope to meet you in person sometime. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay, all <laughs> right. Take care, have a great day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, fun conversation. It was really interesting to hear about Veronica's tango story and how she felt comfortable just jumping into it right away. Now, I know some of you listening have a similar personality type, and there are plenty of you out there who don't. But regardless of how outgoing or not so outgoing we are, we have to put ourselves out there at least a little bit in order to get better. And Veronica makes a very good point about putting our mistakes in perspective and that we should flat out give ourselves permission to be bad at tango for a little while. Now things will come together, our dancing will improve with practice, and making mistakes today doesn't mean we're going to be bad at this forever. And adding to that point, I like how Veronica's making an effort to give tango a more accessible feel to newcomers and young people. She's totally comfortable demonstrating this dance in jeans and sneakers, or showcasing the dance in more casual environments. And she's right. 
This isn't a dance that always requires us to dress up and behave so seriously. And it's great that she's trying to make Tango less stuffy, as she puts it. And I also like the advice she had about how we should carry ourselves while attending milongas, and that we ought to behave like the people that others want to be around. And to put a little twist on that idea, it would help to behave like the kind of people we ourselves would want to be around. So be a little more mindful of your facial expression and body language. Do you seem approachable, or are you being mistaken for the stuffy type? So thank you again, Veronica, for your time and for your thoughts. Much appreciated. And that's it for today's show. Thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. And if you're enjoying the show, it would be lovely if you could take a second to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Hit the subscribe button, leave a five-star rating, or hit whichever button that signals that you like what you're hearing, because I know a lot of you out there enjoy pushing buttons. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. New episodes every Monday. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.